Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. Trev is, of course, Manning Sky Bar here on this wonderful Monday. Victory, victory Monday. This is this back-to-back weeks uh, that uh, every team in the NFC East won, except for the Giants, or as we put it on our Twitter feed, Washington rents repeat. Nice. Uh, it is a victory Monday here as Washington beat the Falcons 19 to 13. And here on the day after reckoning, we break down that game the day after they play it. Of course, we do this live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Monday, like I said, or actually every day after on those channels. And then you can catch us live on our, your favorite audio platform. So, and again, this is rocking the onesie. As uh, three in a row, this one's not been washed in three victories. I got to, I got to keep it, keep it going. Just yeah, like you do. Got to keep it going. We've got some good vibes, and I'm telling you, Stoner, those vibes you can feel them in the stadium. Oh yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you all about that, about the uh, stadium experience yesterday. The stadium experience was was great. It was uh, for it being a rainy day. You would have figured and even excused, you know, it to be an empty stadium. And, and you know, it's not max capacity. Let's mm-hmm. not get carried away here. And there were a lot of Atlanta fans. But I could hear our fans chanting throughout the game. They did not. The, the team did not let up. And it gave us something to cheer for. Yeah, there was a couple times Atlanta did something good. You could hear some of the Atlanta fans. Sure. But for the most part, they were quiet throughout the entire game and we got to dominate FedEx field for the first time that I could remember in a long time. Yeah. Well, how many as uh, Mike wants to know, how many fans do you think there were there? How's it going, Mike? I do not know based on uh, my viewing experience. Uh, upper levels were pretty darn empty. Sure. Um, you can so, see that. Yeah. That, that part, you know, I would not say there was a, a lot in that regard, but, um, you know, I'd, saw, I'd say the lower bowl was pretty much uh, filled. The club level looked pretty good there. Mm-hmm. So it looks like I disagree with this. The attendance capacity, according to um, ESPN here, said that it was 80% filled. I would not have given it 80%. Yeah. That was 53,000 to 67,000 capacity. I would have probably put it around you know, 70 at the highest, but probably like really 60%. But again, I mean, it was a cold, rainy day. So, but it was pumping. This everyone was getting excited. We had we had the defense chance going, starting from like a my nine year old nephew, and like everyone was getting into it. The band was great as always. The entertainment team did their job. Just a lot of fun, and that's what happens when you start winning. When you win six out, you know, six and one out of the last seven games, and even that one game you lost was a close game. You know, actually, you can even go back all the way to the Titans game, Stoner. Yeah, that game was that game was right there for the taking at the end, and they let it slip away. So realistically, in the last eight games that you've played, they you've you've had a chance to win it. Every every one of those, they that really absolutely nice. could be on an eight game winning streak right now. They should, have, but you can also say they should have lost this game, right? They should have lost. The Bears game, okay. Now they made plays, which is great, and they won, and and all of that. But 
you know, it kind of all evens out. Oh, I know. Ball bounces. There we go. Ball bounces uh, as I as yeah. I say, right? Like it's yeah. it's it's gonna you're you're gonna win some that way, you're gonna lose some that way. And in the end, all that matters was this was chalked up as a W. Absolutely for, for this team as they continue to ride this this formula of ball control, run the football, mm-hmm. and just bleed out the clock. And Atlanta was a team is a team that's built to do the same kind of thing. That yep. first drive they had took up nearly half of the first quarter. And when I saw that, I got a little nervous, Stoner. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow, if they can take up half a, half the quarter, we might be out, you know, before the early bird special. <laughs> right. Yeah, I remember uh, Trev and I were even talking about just how fast that first quarter went. The whole first half did until they got down to kind of the two-minute warning and then they had some weird stuff going on towards the end. But, yeah, it was just flying by. Uh, it was actually it was two o'clock at the two minute warning, so it was a one hour first half up till the two minute warning. And then the two minute warning took like twenty minutes to finally get to halftime. Yeah, but it was flying by. Well, we noticed on uh, uh, television, watching on television, it does seem that FedEx is rocking, and I and I don't know. Uh, nobody's ever said this, but well, I wonder if they're pumping in crowd noise onto the TV to make it sound more than there is because it's just too loud. I don't understand. For, <laughs> it, was for, really, it was really loud there yesterday. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I know. And that's what everybody says when they're there. They say it is thumping quite a bit during the game, but you know, and then you look at the crowd shots and you're like, there's it's half full or it's 60% full as you say. So it's just so hard to tell what's going on there, but it does sound very loud when, when Washington makes a play. Uh, but then you know they show all the opposing fans. This this time they really couldn't show opposing fans just because everyone was kind of in raincoats and mm-hmm. uh, you couldn't really tell if there were any Falcon fans there. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was good. And of course, I think a lot of that stems from what game this was. Right, this was the Sean Taylor tribute game. That that's a factor. There was a lot of importance there, and that actually makes even more sense. I just thought about this. So a lot of the Falcons fans were wearing their Deion Sanders jerseys uh, 21, 21 yeah. in honor of uh of that. So clever, thank you for those those Falcons fans who are paying tribute as well. The team paid tribute to it. Mm-hmm. Uh a lot of people got upset about that uh, particular you know mannequin, not statue, mm-hmm. uh, as Trey uh Trey the Wave here. How was the Sean Taylor statue? was fire how much it was it was from dick sporting's goods yeah it, a lot of people refer to it as like a mannequin mm-hmm. not happy with it there's a lot of people deriding the soccer cleats mm-hmm. until two things came out one uh he's he's known to wear soccer cleats right and then two the that was the daughter's favorite part yeah right? and so then people are like okay the soccer cleats are fine but 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 Mm-hmm. enjoy enjoy the display is it a statue no but honestly bronze statues i don't think they look good me personally i so i liked this, doing something different is this one a little bit cheesy in some regards yes um i don't agree that it looked like it was thrown together because the base if you see the base like there's a lot of work that went into this uh i don't care about it's a nike top with a with the Reebok, yeah. like I don't really care about that, mm-hmm. right? It's it's you know the Redskins, Sean Taylor. I thought that it looked good. 
Uh, and I don't necessarily think it looked nearly as good as something like um, this, which I did find out in the, uh, um, for our audio listeners, I'm presenting a, a Sean Taylor 21 salute uh, drawing. I'm going to take off the branding yeah. and I'm going to see if we can't come here and give credit to this artist name here. Uh, yep. So this was done by Bone Cortez hmm. from Arlington, Virginia. Um, and there's actually a scan. You can learn more and all that good stuff. So, you know, do that on your own time. We shared it on our thing. Washington Legends. And it's just a picture of Sean Taylor up there. I think this looks great. And this, honestly, I hope gets moved to where that was because, um, you know, I, I, I do think it's important that the team trip you know pays tribute to him he does mean a lot to this fan base even if he and i saw somebody say this the guys played three and a, three and a half years like why are we doing all this for that guy it's like because he means something to us that's mm -hmm. why yeah. you know we we've attached ourselves to him and his legacy and you know if he'd had a full career you know this would be somebody who you know we'd be enshrining into the hall of fame and i know that might be premature to say off of three and a half years but the guy was on that pace so. Yeah, there, I think there's a couple of things uh, to add to everything that you just said. When it first was revealed, uh, my uh, quick reaction to it was very disappointed in what I was seeing. But it, it's it's we have to give the time to get the information out. First and foremost, the team never, ever, ever said that they are going to have a statue of Sean Taylor. They said they're going to do a tribute. Okay. They didn't say memorial. They didn't say statue. They didn't say mannequin or whatever. They didn't say anything. They're going to have a tribute to Sean Taylor on the anniversary, 15 year anniversary of his passing. Okay. So people who ran with it expecting to see a statue, that's on you. That's not on the team um, messing with your expectations. Number two, the family of Sean Taylor was involved in every step of the process and putting this thing together, and they were very pleased with it. And in the end, that should be all that matters. If we don't like it, that's okay, because the family who was involved in putting it together likes it. So that should probably put it to rest, and for me, it does. And so, like I said, at first, I thought it was a um, uh, disappointing when I first saw it, but then when you get all the information, like people ran with the cleats. I didn't even see the whole cleats thing until it was too late or, you know, till it was hours later that I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, and then I, everybody who was mad about the cleats had to come and apologize because those were the cleats that he wore in. And you're just looking for something to bash the team about. So the cleats were fine. Uh, you know, the jersey was fine. Everything was fine for the family. And that's the most important part. So let's all, as a fan base, kind of let that part go. And it is mobile, so they can move it anywhere that they want. That can be a traveling display, can move to a new stadium, if and when that ever gets done. Uh, so I think overall, I think it was a fine gesture. And the family's happy, therefore that makes me happy. And I think, that's, I think that's how everybody should kind of see it at this point. I, I think a lot of people like just want to be angry. Sure. Right? They just yeah. want to be angry and let them have their anger. We are not fan police. Uh, the, the context of this, though, is just like there's 
there's a lot to be appreciative of and 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 you know look forward to. I guarantee you, this thing's a banger enough that wherever they put this, people are going to be taking you know pictures with this for years to come. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you know maybe they would have done the same thing with a bronze statue, but I really feel like this looks sharper than a statue in my opinion and uh and i do think there's some things like a lot of people were upset about like they didn't have the uh the taping on the face mask like mm-hmm. okay you know thankfully that's something they can fix you know that's something yeah maybe they'll do that. that later maybe by the time the giants co- game comes around they'll have that so yeah and i think that that's good that this one's in the lower bowl they have the locker upstairs in the club level they need something that every fan mm-hmm. can come see and you don't have to be the, the- up in that club level and pay pay a little bit extra just to see it. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. And and I think we we should be kind of a conduit, I think, a conduit from mm, the team, but as a fan's perspective and let people who watch our show and who watch a lot of uh Washington content that we should manage that expectation that 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 again, the family is happy with it. Let's all be happy with it because they are. Move on. Focus your energy on something else. Uh, On that line, Gregory in the comment section talking about, you know, they've kind of hit the Sean Taylor thing hard these last couple of years. Time to, you know, back off a little bit. I agree. Maybe let's not hear anything for like another decade when when it becomes the 25th anniversary, right? I mean, there should always be a little something. And if you happen to have a game that is played, on the anniversary, sure, mention a tid, tidbit. But as far as like the big celebrations, I'm okay with. Yeah, let's take a step back. I think this was a step up from the porta potty picture last mm-hmm. year, Absolutely. and I think a lot of people just were ready to be upset regardless of, of what it was. So yes. uh, I like that the family was happy with it. I think it looked great when I went up to go see it. Lots of fans still there after the game taking pictures with it. So cool. All 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 around a W. Just like the Washington Commanders got over the Falcons, let's stop talking about the the legacy stuff and let's start talking about what's happening in this game. Stoner, what are your thoughts on this game? You know, in like two sentences before we start breaking down some of the more finer stats of it. Uh, The defense is absolutely carrying this team. That's a a no-brainer. They and they are winning despite. Taylor Heineke not making enough plays to carry the offense a little bit more. Those are my those are my two second or two sentence quick thoughts on the game. Defense was amazing, even though they gave up a lot of yards rushing. When it mattered at the end, they didn't, and they made the big play at the end to win the game, and that's the the biggest part. Yeah, this was definitely a game where they gave a lot more on the ground than they had. Mm -hmm. Some people are worried, did the Falcons give the blueprint to run against this defensive front? What what are your takes on that? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, they're they're an excellent rushing team. They came into the game as the third best uh, rushing offense in the entire league. They've got three backs who can absolutely, uh, you know, run guys over, go around guys. There are some big holes. So they they are a good running offense. And when you have a quarterback like Mariota who can soften the edges so guys can't be, you know, just concentrating in the middle for for you know runs up the middle, they have to be worried about the edges. 
Well, that's going to soften the middle, and that's going to allow those big holes from time to time because Mariota was doing an excellent job of getting outside and getting some big chunk runs. So, yeah, yeah. I think it is a blueprint. But but you have to have that sort of personnel. You have to have that quarterback that can get outside, and a lot of teams do. Uh, the Giants do, right? The Eagles do. The teams that we play twice a year, every year. Those those teams have quarterbacks that are able to do that. And absolutely, I think it is a blueprint on how you soften up this defense. But if you can't throw, if you can't throw, which Atlanta cannot do, okay, New York Giants cannot do consistently, then it doesn't matter how much you – I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't matter in the end how much you are able to run if you cannot also throw. What was the difference? You know, we shared this uh, the stat about Jalen Hurts ru- rushing for like 160 yards there mm-hmm. uh, this week against uh, the Packers, right? The uh, but he didn't run that against Washington. I mean, I think right. both games he had a total like 47 total yards. Yep, that's right. Why were they able to contain Jalen Hurts, who is in the MVP discussion, but? Marcus Mariota was the guy who was looking like he just was gouging us at every turn with his feet. Why why was there a big, you know, difference with Mariota that we weren't seeing with uh Jalen Hurts? I think it's simply a game plan. It's just the the mindset of the offensive coordinators for each team. For the Eagles, they were uh obsessed with trying to throw the ball with Jalen Hurts throwing the ball downfield. They're throwing short passes mostly, but that's what they wanted to do. But that's not what Atlanta was trying to do. Atlanta was trying to run with their quarterback. You saw it last night in that Eagles-Packers game. You saw uh, Jalen Hurts, if he wants to run or if they draw up plays for him to run, then he has the talent to get outside and make big plays. But they weren't doing that against Washington. In that very first game, I think he only had like four rushes total. And one of them, or maybe even two of them, were actual scrambles. So they weren't even called runs on the play. So it's it's simply the philosophy of the offensive coordinator. So the Giants have to be looking at it, and they have to be saying, we have to get our quarterback out on the edge to soften up the middle. So we're going to have to be concerned with that because that's what Atlanta did. Atlanta Atlanta was very successful at it, but Philadelphia didn't even try it. They weren't even trying to run Hurts. But look what they what happens when they do. Like they did against uh Green Bay. They absolutely torched them uh running the ball. And I don't know why they don't do that all the time because you can't stop it. Right now you can't stop it until you start playing the best defenses in the playoffs. It will make a difference. Now, you you talked about the defense being what kind of held this team together, mm-hmm. uh, but the rushing attack mm-hmm. was was strong yet again. Brian Robinson Jr. I think, as Doug mentioned there in the chat, his first 100 yard rushing game. Yeah, right. It was uh, so. No, sorry, it was Joshua. Thank you for for that, Joshua. Brian Robinson's first 100 plus yard game with the TD. Mm-hmm. Of course, the touchdown came off of a pass. And again, Brian Robinson just finding his way past people and just through people uh, in that regards. Mm-hmm. You know, what what do you make of Washington's rushing attack? I mean, even Jonathan Williams mm-hmm. got in on this one. Yeah, absolutely. And in the first half, Washington had 12 carries for 44 yards. That was their entire rushing offense in the first half. And Taylor threw the ball 14 times. 
So whereas most teams will look at that 12 rushes, 14 passes, that's pretty good, pretty even. It's not what Washington does well. Washington runs the ball well and throws only when they have to. And in the second half, they changed that. They went from 12 rushes in the first half to 25 rushes in the second half. And what, of course, did that do? Allowed them to move the ball down the field, control the clock, blah, 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 like they've been doing in all of their wins lately. So their rushing attack, and by the way, when I went back and watched the game, and especially in the second half, those were not runs that were like, uh, you know, some guy constantly breaking tackles or or popping it out to where it wasn't supposed to go. There were holes. There were some big holes. Now Atlanta has a terrible rush defense. Totally understand that. But the offensive line was moving, guys. And that's not something that we've said a whole lot this year. But they were definitely creating holes. I mean, look at Jonathan Williams' holes when he had to run the ball. He was – Oh, they were, he, they were he wide open. Wide you or I holes. could have ran for maybe three <laughs> yards before getting tackled. Well, yeah, but we still would have got through him because we would have saw it, right? We wouldn't have had to look around because it yeah. was right there where it was supposed to be. So that I think that's impressive what they did running the ball, uh, especially in the second half. They ran, ran 25 times for 132 yards just in the second half alone. So they really improved. And Brian Robinson – who, you know, like you said before, Brian Robinson was absolutely amazing. He's a, he's been a different runner since which game was that? Was that the Indianapolis game? I want to say it was maybe not the Indianapolis. I just had our schedule up too because it's a thing of beauty looking at the uh, schedule and seeing those three W's next to each other. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was um, Green Bay. It was a Green Bay game, but we we were watching on the live stream and we noticed a difference in his running ever yeah, since then. Game. And he's carried it on. And it could be the injury situation. It could be just getting uh, used to the pro game. It could be the offensive line is playing a little bit better. It could be a combination of all of those. But he's running different. And you obviously saw it yesterday because he, he had some plays. I remember the one play where he, uh, he bounced it outside. He juked a guy. And then the safety – came up and just crushed him. He didn't go down. He he bounced off of that guy, then went forward and ran through two more guys before getting a 10-yard game. He was super, super impressive yesterday. Yeah, the my favorite rushing stat of the game. You ready for this, Stoner? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Taylor Heineke, negative one yard. <laughs> that's the victory rushes? formation that one rush wow. for negative one that's yard victory formation that's victory, okay. victory formation right there yeah yeah that's Kendall true. Fuller. so tip pass from deron Payne lands in kendall fuller's arms mm-hmm. that's what ends, ends up with winning the game by the way so up to that point all right washington it was a third down washington made the stop laundry's on the field it was off. Uh, it was offsides. Gave mm-hmm. them the first down right there at the goal line. At it, that particular moment, they didn't make the stop. He had the first down. He did have the first down. Yeah, but but understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. But they at, did stop him at that particular time, according to their little weird thing on ESPN. Mm-hmm. They had Atlanta then had a 59.8 percent chance of winning. Wow. Two plays later. chance that Washington was going to win that one after Kendall Fuller intercepted that ball. That was ball game. Your guys' reaction, you you and Trev, 
lose your dang minds. I mean, we lost our dang minds. And then, mm. and then the fans started funneling out, just leaving. Yeah. And it, it was a thing of beauty to see the opposing fans leave when we get to watch the victory formation. Defense played well. Running game played well. We see a hat tip here to the offensive line. Uh, I mean, you from, have to. Uh, from Obey here. Uh, I say we all clap for the O-line, not giving up a sack in the That's last right. two games. That's right. Uh, now, there, he's not going. he's not dropping back as many times either. Right, he's not dropping back thirty-five times like he was for a few games in a row. There, he was. Uh, see, nine, he had twenty-three. Yep. Uh, well, three attempts. Twenty-three attempts. Anyway, I guess the, he didn't have a sack. Right, so mm-hmm. he didn't rush the ball. So twenty-three dropbacks uh, and thirty-nine rushes. That's what you want to see. Well, that's what you want to see for this team. That's yes. not championship level team. But for this team, the way it's made up with the quarterback that they have and the offensive line that they have, that's what they need to do is run the ball twice as much as they throw it. And this wasn't twice as much, but it was pretty close to it. But, yeah, I I, I also liked um, uh, with that number, he only threw the ball nine times in the second half too. Mm-hmm. Which yep. is, didn't, I mean, that's didn't key. need to throw it. The rain was playing a factor in there mm-hmm. as, as, as well. One of the things that – you know, we talked about, and uh, even with the junkies when we've had them on, this offensive line was ranked very high last year. And I said that, and that's in part because of the play calling with Taylor Heineke back there mm-hmm. and what they're trying to do. And so they're not, the play design is not allowing for them to get after the QB. Right. And I think we're starting to see that again. Where Taylor Heineke is, and and this is true of any good quarterback. Now, whether or not you think Heineke is a good quarterback, he's not. Okay. He's I, I he's he's mid. Right. That's fair. That's fair. But one of his good positive traits is that he does make the offensive line look better than what it is. Mm-hmm. Whether or not that's some of that mobility that he has, or some of the play designed based off of his skill set. The offensive line has slowly, you know, and steadily started to improve. And this offensive unit is not going to blow the doors off of anybody, but they should be able to keep us in games as long as the scores remain close. And the defense is what's helping them out with that. Mm Who is the most impressive person on defense? And you got a lot of people to, uh, to, to call out for this, but who did you think was the most impressive person on defense for the year or just for this game For this particular game? I mean, Deron Payne had two tackles for losses, and he had the tipped pass that led to the interception at the end of the game. He was all over the place. He was just killing them the way Jonathan Allen's been killing them. And by the way, Jonathan Allen was killing them again. He's doing the same thing week in and week out. It's unbelievable when you watch him just go back and watch the game again and just watch him uh, throw guys around, technique he's beating them he's beating them with strength but Deron Payne was great this game I mean yeah they gave up a hundred and how what was the total 167 yeah they give up and and Atlanta was moving the ball on the ground quite a bit but when it came down to when they got into the red zone that's when the defense would clamp down and they only gave up that one touchdown and kind of a you know Kind of a trick play, not really a trick play, but you know it was a, a throwback to the tight end who was blocking for five seconds, and then he popped out of there. 
but that's all they got. That's the only touchdown that they got the entire day. And then they had a couple of field goals. So defensively, I thought they were great. And Deron Payne has to take a lot of credit. But the back end, the back end guys were not getting open. And Mariota was dropping back there, not finding anybody and having to run around. Yeah, even without Benjamin St. Juice, the mm -hmm. the uh, the defensive backfield was looking pretty good. You got to see a little bit of Christian Holmes and what he brought to the table. Now, I mean, we did let a guy by the name of Olamide Zacchaeus yeah. get 95 yards on us, but 91 yards, rather, on five catches, eight targets. Mm-hmm. But really, outside of that, there was just nobody in that offense, and large part of that was that 45-yard gain that set them up on that 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 was just a broken coverage. Mm, yeah, uh, did not like seeing that come back, Stoner. Yeah, we've, we've avoided those big play mistakes for so long that 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 one hurt when that one happened, especially the timing of it. It was just like, oh no, this is not round. the time to allow those big plays to happen. Yeah. But outside of that, again, the whole defensive unit played pretty well. I, and I think on that particular play, I mean, Payne beat, again, Payne beat the guard so bad that he was in there before Mariota was able to kind of get set and, and finish his drop. And he went pat, he went right past him, and Mariota dropped to a knee. And I think there may have been some hesitation on the back end there, thinking that that was a sack, that Mariota was down, and they may have – I haven't seen any any tape of it or anything, but he may have, uh, you know, they they may have in the back end just kind of stopped a little bit and hesitated, thinking that the play was over. And the next thing you know, he's thrown downfield to a wide open Zacchaeus, 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 right, right. Zacchaeus is where yeah. I'm going to go, go with it until we have an Atlanta fan tell us otherwise. And then I'm not going to believe you because yeah. that's not a real name. That's right. Right. That's not a real name. No, no. We appreciate that. There was the, nobody. There was teasing. Yeah. Guys just weren't open uh, because they, they were playing well on the back end. And somebody was asking about Christian Holmes. Um, he He played pretty well, I think. When you don't notice him, right? That's when you, yeah. uh, when you're a rookie sixth rounder and you don't notice him out there. They're not calling his name. They're not. You're not looking at the back of his jersey, chasing a the guy. Then I think you play pretty well. He had the one penalty. Uh, he had a face mask penalty on Cordero Patterson on one of the drives that led to the touchdown. But other than that, I, I think uh, he played well. When you only give up, I don't know how many yards passing, 165 passing. Is that right? It was uh, it was 165 yards passing, but that's, yeah. there was a, one sack of nine yards. So it was 174 is what Mariota threw. Oh, Mariota, okay. Yeah, so 174 passing. I mean, you give up 174 passing, that's that's pretty good no matter who the quarterback is. You're doing your job. You're not letting a um, – my, my um, word that I always like to use, you're not letting a horrific quarterback beat you. And Mariota is – he can't throw the ball. I, I, w I used to be a Mariota guy. I thought he was undervalued and he could be a starter somewhere. He can't throw. He can make a throw or two here and there. He can't throw the short pass. He was throwing guys over guys' head who were five yards in front of him. I'm going, how hard is it? There's a guy right in front of you just throwing the ball. But, yeah, he's not very good. And definitely was it's that Spider-Man meme where Heineke and Mariota are, are pointing at each other, that they're pretty much the same – 
same kind of thing. And, and we've kind of tried to stay positive up to this point because it is a victory Monday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Taylor Heineke, despite the fact that he had two touchdowns, and by the way, beautiful pass out there to Bates for that touchdown and missed another one beautiful. to Bates uh, just uh, just before. But what what do we need to see from Taylor Heineke? Because a lot of people still don't believe in him. He is, you know, he's got, you know, he, I think he's like sixth, all time for a Snyder QB and wins up at the up to Is this he point. already? <laughs> yeah, that just tells you how bad we've yeah. had it, and maybe that just tells you how bad we have it. That a lot of people are just sticking with a guy like Heineke, mm-hmm. who by all measurements just doesn't seem to really. He he he's he's not a a winning quarterback in the sense that he's what you're winning for, mm-hmm. right? Like. Really, they're winning because, like we said, the defense and uh-huh. this running attack. Heineke was 14 for 23, 138 yards. Again, it was rainy weather. He had those two touchdowns. One of those was on a, a Herculean effort by Brian Robinson. And then that one interception and another potential interception uh, that was reviewed and returned just to be an incomplete pass. So what is it? By the way, he did outplay – and by rating standards, QB rating, uh, Marcus Mariota, QBR, however, he was slightly under. What does he need to do to make us believe in him going forward that this is a QB that in January is going to win football games? Yeah, there's nothing that he can do. He just doesn't have he doesn't he doesn't have the ability that you need from your quarterback. Um it we all know that the way to win football game is to control the line of scrimmage, right? And if you can't control the line of scrimmage, that's where your quarterback has to step up and make plays. And it happens all the time. And we see it. The good quarterbacks make the plays when they have to make the plays. The bad quarterbacks don't, i.e. yesterday with Mariota. He couldn't make the play that he needed to make. It was a simple pass. Patterson was wide open. It would have been an easy walk-in touchdown but he couldn't make the play for whatever reason you could say yeah uh pain tipped it pain made a great play but he, he didn't make the play Mariota didn't heineke's the same way he can't make the play when he needs to make it enough he can do it he has done it but he can't do it consistently and there's a couple of throws there's probably three throws that i would point to one is the non-interception that you just talked about when he threw it it was third and 15 right? This is where you need your quarterback to make a play when it's third and 15. And that was a 17 yard out that he threw or 16. It was right at the sticks, right? He threw it with everything he had and it still took forever to get there. And the DB had an opportunity to come back. The good quarterbacks put that throw on the outside shoulder towards the sideline so that the DB doesn't have a shot. It's your guy or nobody, right? And he puts zip on the ball so that the DB can't make. This is the NFL. It's a game of inches. And that's the that throw right there is the difference between Taylor Heineke as being a starter and a good quarterback and not being. And he doesn't have the arm to do that. The other one, the other couple of throws that he had, he had a wide-open Terry Heineke, Terry Heineke, Terry McLaurin in the end zone, right? It was uh, on one of those drives that he threw when he got flushed out of the pocket and he had McLaurin wide open and threw it over his head. 
that's a throw you gotta make. You yeah, to I mean, make. It, everything was set up. I mean, when he got flushed and and you just see Terry McLaurin just wide open there, wide he open. throws that on target and just everything seems to go right. And that just did not happen with him. I, I, we're going to continue riding with Taylor Haneke. We have no choice. Yes, the, the absolutely. The team six six and one uh, over the last seven games. He's he's been doing well. The team rallies around him. Whether or not Ron's chomping at the bit, as I've seen some comments to get Wentz in there, he's not. I, I just don't see it. I just don't see any urgency from them. They're going to continue playing Taylor Heineke, and we're going to have to live with those ups and downs. I will say that we have been seeing more ups lately with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've been getting very lucky with some of those downs being missed interceptions, uh, but he's still continuing to make smart plays. So I, pr- I can appreciate that a little bit. The t- Go ahead, sir. I was going to say the touchdown that he threw to Bates it was gorgeous. It was a beautiful throw, yeah. right? And the play design was great. He had Dotson going right past him that brought the safety and the corner. And Bates comes right in behind that in that open little spot. And he threw a perfect pass on time, right? It wasn't a bullet. It was just a nice throw. And same with the one to Robinson. Threw it to him in stride that gave uh, Robinson an opportunity to catch it at full speed. And make a play, which he did, right? He gave his his running back uh, the opportunity to make a play, but then that interception that he threw at the end of the first half, when he was trying to force it into Dotson, which you see, number one, he doesn't have the arm to do that over the middle. Remember on Thanksgiving when Josh Allen had that throw late in the game to get the team down to for, in field goal range, mm-hmm. and he threw an absolute dart, and I believe it was Aikman and Buck who were doing that, and Aikman said maybe, maybe it was Romo. I can't remember, but one of the old quarterbacks said, "There's five people on the planet that can make that throw." And Josh Allen I think it was promo, yeah, yeah. yeah and and I, he can't make that throw. He's not one of the five. Yeah, he can't make five. that. And, and by the he way, trying, trying to trying to get it over the linebacker, or the, yeah. the, the retreating defensive player, and in front of the other one, and he just he just didn't he didn't get there. And by the way, there was Curtis Samuel was out in the right flat, and literally, literally. No defenders. I went back and watched it time and time again. Literally no defender within 25 yards of Curtis Samuel. And if he had just dumped it to Samuel, but his brain was focused on a triple-covered Jahan Dotson to try to make a big play before the end of the half. So that's what he can't do. What he can do is he can get out of the pocket, not make the big mistakes, lead this team, which he can do, and so he's going to continue to do that until he can't or he doesn't. And Jonathan Allen, I think, summed it up best. The team decides who the quarterback is, mm-hmm. right? And the team is all about Heineke right now. And so they're going to ride with him until until he just starts throwing up all over himself. And And he may not the rest of the year. But it's also going to take more than one game, I think. It's not going to be like if he has a terrible game against the Giants and they lose, I think he still gets another shot. If he does it twice in a row, then you might see wins. But not till then. It will be interesting as they go down. Thankfully, we don't have to see or uh, wonder about that anytime soon. So there's, uh, you know, there is something here. I got. I'm gonna, trying to find the comment from. Oh, here it is from OG DMV. All I know is I've looked for Nathan every game, but haven't spotted him yet. I was there. I got a whole contingent. We're out in Orange Lot. Uh, G. However, 
if you're going to want to see us, I believe the next home game happens to be mid-December against the Giants. Does not stoner? Uh, it is indeed. And it is. We got an away game at the Giants. We got a bye week, and then we are home against the Giants. And OG DMV, if you want to see us, you can come over to the Red Zone lot, or you can enter for your chance to win. All you have to do is make a donation to the Fisher House. Go directly to the uh, site. Jazzy has shared it. EP has put it out there in the chat. Uh, so make sure you go to the site, donate to the Fisher House, directly to Fisher House. We'll enter you for a drawing where you have the chance to win two sweet tickets and a parking pass, red zone parking pass, to go to the game against the Giants. And uh, you'll be sitting in that suite with the ref, the district crew. So you'll be sitting right next to myself, the stoner and Trev getting a talk ball with us should be a wonderful time, but that's not all we got. We have a signed Jersey from Charles Leno, who's been playing pretty darn well. Burgundy, one of those commanders, Burgundy jerseys. We got two $100 gift cards for the Guy Fieri restaurant down in DC. We got a $140 gift card from Pacers running we got a swag bag from Sky Bar, and we got this that I picked up, courtesy of Tailgate Ted here, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. Oh, you picked it up from him. is the signed game jersey by none other than D'Angelo Hall. That's right. Wow. So. How that, amazing is that? That could be yours. All you have to do, again, make that donation. Go out to the Fisher House. And uh, make that donation. Uh, make sure if, there we go. Fisher House told you EP was going to share that in the chat. Uh, we are doing really well. Okay, we are we are super close. I said if we get to a thousand, I was going to sweeten the pot a little bit. We're at seven hundred and forty-five dollars right now. So just trying to get there, and you don't have much time to make this happen. You have today and tomorrow. We're closing down the thing at, at at midnight tomorrow. If you don't get your ticket, if you don't buy, make your donation by then, we're not going to be able to have time to give you your ticket numbers before the live show Wednesday where we will be uh, you know, handing these out. We were originally going to have uh, Authentic from Authentic and the Beard on, but we're going to push him to that uh, the, the 14th. We're going to request that he comes out for us in that one just because we got a lot to go for this one because that's when the drawing will be. Find out, give your get, give yourself a chance. The more money you give, the higher chance that you're going to get those sweet tickets. Each of these items will be raffled off individually. If you win one of the sm- of the smaller items, that's with quotations for those uh, audio listeners, you still can win the sweet tickets. So just so just know that those sweet tickets are out there for everybody. So we appreciate everyone who's made donations so far. Of course, we've had two huge. Uh, big donation, uh, both uh, from Ethan Davis, uh, who's out to $140. Commandalorian has, I believe, donated $120. So we appreciate every donation. Fisher House is a wonderful organization that provides places to stay for family members while the military member or veteran is seeking uh, health care. So if they're in for whatever for whatever reason, the the military member vet their family can stay free of charge stoner you you shared a story about you know a military member from from afghanistan you want to share that story one last time for us yeah i'll do it real quick i was doing a um a news story uh about a military member who was uh blown up in afghanistan and i flew from germany to afghanistan simply to tell the story of 
you know, a medical evacuation um, plane, medical evacuation, medical med, medevac, whatever, you know, yeah, the story right. on a medevac. And, uh, and he was blown up like hours before that. We went down there, brought him, brought him back, right, and got back to, um, to Germany. And then transport him immediately to the hospital there. And then his family just a couple of days later came from the States to be there with him within days at no cost. Now, no cost to stay there and all that because of the Fisher house. I didn't do a story on the Fisher house, but I thought that was just an amazing uh, benefit, amazing way to give back to this soldier's family when he was obviously uh, in a critical way medically and his family was able to be there for him and it i could tell it made an impact on both him and his family and they so, do fly yeah, out that is part of that is a part of the organizations they yeah. will fly out the okay. family members free of charge to get there that is part of kind of the package they want to make sure that the service member or the veteran is taken care of and they have the people there that matter to them. So excellent organization. You're do donating directly to them on behalf of ref, the district. And we appreciate all of that. Uh, so thank you for that $745, much love, much love, good stuff happening there. Uh, so we hope to get again to a thousand and I'm going to sweeten that pot. That's what I want to see. I also want to see that you hit that like button. How many likes we up to there stoner? We are up to 20? 20 likes. We got way That's more it? than 20 people there. So we're going to have to see the people smashing that like button. Make sure you hit subscribe. If you haven't already, make sure you check us out on the audio platforms. Give us a little subscription there as well. Auto downloads, all that stuff does help the channel. Doesn't cost you a thing. Of course, we have Super Chat always open, which you can make a donation. And we appreciate that. But right now, make those donations to the Fisher Fisher house let's get back to this game stoner all right there is a lot of praises to go around sure but why don't we do the go goes and no goes all right so uh there are obvious i'm gonna as i like to do i like to stay from the obvious go goes and i want to hear or see what everyone else uh has to say or who their go go is uh the obvious ones you know of course are um deron Payne, kendall fuller brian robinson those are all great right Listen, we've killed this offensive line for a long time, deservedly so, especially in pass protection. But this offensive line in this particular game, Taylor Heineke had a total of zero sacks, zero rushes, which means he wasn't flushed out that much. It was a couple of times. We understand that. But they were opening holes for this running game, especially in the second half. They got stronger as they went along. And I think it's interesting that week after week now that Sam Cosme is getting back, he and Cornelius Lucas are sharing basically 50% almost. They're sharing snaps at right tackle. And nobody's noticing anything, right? You can't even see it. Like I, I know. Like I'm trying to look for it while they're doing the shuffling, and maybe it's just because I get distracted. But yeah, you don't even see them doing the, the hustle and running off and on thing. It they must just be like, just different series or something. It could be different series, but that'd be odd because they are literally like, how are they getting so 50 50, right? Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. It's just like, it's a 50 50 split. I don't think these series are all created e equal, but yeah, the offensive line has been playing absolutely amazing. So that's your go, go. Yeah. And, and just, just, just the coach, John Matsko, you got to give him some credit. 
they we were we were absolutely killing them. We were they were the entire reason that this team was not winning, right? They were the entire reason Carson Wentz got sacked nine times in one game against the Eagles. The first we game. were calling that man Andrew not well. Yeah, exactly. But now they're playing well, so we have to give them their due. So my go-go is the offensive line. Who you got? I think the offensive line is a great choice. Obviously, you got uh, Brian Robinson. We got a lot of people out here, uh, EP with Brian Robinson. Another Brian Robinson, uh, Gibson, who continues, I think, to be a very, very excellent piece for this offense. Um, Here we got uh, go-go on the D is the D line. Deron Payne, Allen, as usual, absolutely. Absolutely. But my go-go is going to go to a man that you – continue to to call a tackle and that man was out there just catching touchdown passes and that is uh, john uh, bates why do you say passes touchdown pass touched okay he had he had he would have had another one if that ball was better better thrown okay he yeah. went on he went up the ladder there to catch that other one that his foot ended up in the back of the line but John Bates is going to be my go-go because he absolutely was doing what he needed to do to stay in there, right? This is a – Logan Thomas is starting to get healthier. You can kind of see him being more involved. Uh, obviously, they liked Armani Rogers, and we're using him in passing. Uh, you have seen Cole Turner start to kind of come along with this mm-hmm. offense, but the team needs a big target like John Bates. I think Taylor Heineke likes to have those those big targets as well. So that's my go-go. Congratulations so he, for for the for the go-go's there. So he got he got two go-go's because the offensive line got a go-go <laughs> and he's an offensive lineman uh, and as a tight end he got it as well. But I mean they've been playing a lot of three tight end sets, three tight ends mm-hmm. and and a whole lot of two tight end sets. And that's why they're running the ball well because those uh tight ends are blocking very well and and he has been blocking well, and he does have good hands. He's just not a guy who's going to, you know, uh, make big plays. But that was a great catch, by the way, in the end zone that didn't count. Yeah. Right? That was a great catch. But, but yeah. So I have to get – you know, look, he's impressing me a little bit with his catching ability. Oh, uh, look but at just that. Just don't throw any – these tight end screens to him where he's just out there <laughs> lumbering. I don't, I don't like this team throwing any screens for whatever reason. They're just not good at them. Yeah. Not one of those uh, – so you mentioned the three tight end formation. They love that, and they love the three safety, sometimes four safety formation. Mm-hmm. Uh, very interesting to see what they're coming up with. The coaches have been doing an excellent job, I think, over the last eight games or so, keeping them in and using that creativity. And there are still some things you don't want to see. There was another Scott Turner you know, third and short where we're throwing the ball, and it's just, why are we doing that? You never know. Yeah. Is that going to be your no-go? We got a no go. Who's who's your no go for today? No, because I th- I think he made the adjustments at halftime and and for Scott Turner anyway made the adjustments and and doubled the amount of runs in the second half that he had in the first half and cut his throws in half. So he just flipped the script in the second half. So you got to give him you know his due, give him his props for doing that. So I've been thinking about the no go and listen, I can't think of anybody on on Washington who would be a no go. I just can't. I mean, Derek Forrest probably had his worst game, but what does that mean? You know, he he was tackling guys, but after they made a couple of catches or something like that. So that's just being really nitpicky. But just to kind of flip it, maybe this is an actual go-go 
while also being a no-go for Atlanta. What is Arthur Smith doing throwing the ball at the goal line when all you've been doing is gashing this team on the ground? That was idiotic. Your quarterback is Marcus Mariota, okay? Run the damn ball because I, I put a lot of the blame on, on Arthur Smith because he's offensive play caller as well, and he called a, run, uh, called a pass at the goal line when even if it was incomplete, they stopped the clock and give Washington a free timeout, which would have been bad for them as well. So I guess he's my no-go, although it's a go-go for Washington. He's just a <laughs> no-go for being a big dummy and throwing the ball down there. We have uh, Joseph, no-go. Taylor Heineke taking deep shots. EP saying the rain. Yeah, the rain was there you no go. fun. That's a good one. Uh, that, that was no fun. Uh, let's see here. Anyone else put up a no-go? I love Doug's. This is a definitely a go-go mm-hmm. right here. for Tressway on his backspin. Sand wedge punt. That guy is just great. I'm looking forward to wearing that uh, that uh, Tressway black jersey to the game, the Giants game. Uh uh, Yam here. Shout out Yam. Thanks for joining us today. Like I said, no go is the secondary still. While they did well, still letting too many short plays turn into long and getting burned too often too. Yeah, they, they definitely had their uh, their misgivings there. Uh, Commandalorian, no go. Dumb timeout on fourth and one after third and a stupid pass. That's the pass I was talking about, right? It's third and mm-hmm. short. And they give this pass out, and then they take the timeout. And then what did they do to get the first down, Stoner? They ran the ball and easily got the first down. That simple. It is. All you have to do, just run the ball. <laughs> it's it's crazy how these, these guys try, just try to outsmart themselves. You're just running the ball, running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And you get third and one, and you decide you're going to throw the ball. If you're going to throw, if you know you're going to use two downs yeah. in that regard, then that third and short needs to be a deep shot. It needs to be something that's going to get, get like it's like you're you're trying to get them in, and you're going to beat them like Dotson on the outside or McLaurin just beats their man one on one, and you give them a chance for a big play. That's the only time, and then you go go ahead and line back up, and you do the fourth fourth and short run. Mm-hmm. That's fine, but that's not what they called. They called this. It was third and short, and they called this like short passing play. When it was just like you know, this team was built to run. Just run the ball. Uh, Joseph is going no go. John Bostic covering opposing team's fastest player. Yeah, continue to get burnt on that. Continue to get burnt on that one. Uh, but my no go is going to go to Joey Sly. Why? Missed extra point. If Look at it this way. If he makes that extra point, mm-hmm. right, the Falcons are going to have to score and get a two-point conversion to win the game right sure. there and there, which they probably don't trust themselves to do. They trust themselves to try to get into overtime. Yeah. So that mixed extra point could have been very, very damaging to Washington's chances. It ended up yeah. not being... But you don't go based off of, especially on a no-go here on Ref the District, you don't go based off of what, you know, did happen, like, just because the, uh, you know, we didn't get the what-if situation of that missed extra point, you know, causing that. Mm-hmm. It'd be one thing, Stoner, if this were, if he had another field goal, or if, or if it were, you know, 30 to 13, and he missed an extra point, you're right. Probably not that big of a deal. This is a 19-13 game. You needed a tipped pass interception 
mm-hmm. to turn this around and and make this a victory. That extra right. point matters. Joey Sly could take my uh take my no go there. I guess if you if you have to be if you have to nitpick, I guess you would you would take that you would go with Joey Sly because it didn't matter in the end. Right? And he made two field goals in the game. And he's made 13 field goals in a row. And he's only missed two extra points all year. Okay. And he's only missed, I believe, two field goals all year. He's been doing well. He's missed four total kicks in 12 games. All right. He he's fine as an overall, but I can see how you can't find anything else that is a no-go for the team. So I guess you have to go with that. Yeah. We are absolutely nitpicking here. And as commanders fan in Texas, appreciate you repping that burgundy and gold down there in enemy territory. Uh, Dude, we've got to stop complaining. When is the last time we were seven and five? Come on, man. Enjoy it and talk about what we do well and how we can beat the Giants. Got to listen early, man. We got, we've been talking for 56 minutes and 90% of this was positive. Yep. Absolutely. 90% of what we've been saying is positive. It's hard not to. I'm wearing a dang on onesie, all yeah. right, which I do after every victory that we have. I write, break out the onesie, and it's good to wear it. Uh, and I hope that this one I get to wear all the way into the playoffs, Stoner. Yep. I might have to put some Febreze on it. <laughs> Who cares? But, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be you rocking don't watch it. it. Yep. Don't and watch we'll talk it. About- we ha- don't switch it up until we, we, we uh, have to. So. And come back, uh, Commanders fan in Texas. Come back on Wednesday night. We're going to talk all about how we're going to beat the Giants. Yep, absolutely. This this is day after reckoning where we talk about the game where Washington played the day after it happened, and we've had we've had seven of these kind of victory ones where we've been in good spirits, and hopefully that'll continue. And hopefully it'll work out for me in the dollar dollar section here as mm. it is in fact time to pay up. All right. Let's go with first of all the score predictions. I predicted Atlanta would win, so I'm the only oh, dummy that got that wrong. Uh Trev had 24-13, so he was the closest. It was 19-13. And you had 24 to 9. So Trev was the closest out of that. That's not a dollar, but we're just yeah, uh bragging rights. By the way. Do you happen to have last week's scores handy? Scores? Yeah, Our sure. Predictions? I might have to find it, but yeah. Yeah, because I'm almost certain I, I predicted 1913 last week. You did, 1913. Yeah. <laughs> You're just off by a week. I, just, uh, just my, I got to fine-tune my, uh, my, my keen senses there. Hopefully uh, – they so didn't next let week, me down today here on the. So hopefully next week they beat the Giants twenty four to nine. You're just you're just off a week. Just off. Right? A week. So you had twenty four nine this week. Maybe it'll be twenty four nine next week. So go ahead and pick the same score again next week. <laughs> All <laughs> so right. What these dollar dollars? If you are a fresh listener here, these are our game predictions. This is how we felt the game was going to go, and you know where we sat as a team here on Ref the District, and uh, kind of going against or with each other. So Stoner, how these line up? All right, so the first one is Stoner and Trev said that Heineke would have two interceptions. Mm-hmm. He did not. He only had one, so Nathan won that one. I believe we might have to go back and watch that because I wrote down Stoner and Trev, and the one who took the bet was Trev. So I don't know if I was supposed to write Stoner and Nathan or 
or what. So I don't know if you remember off the top of your head. Don't you remember good at remembering that. But. I don't remember off the top of my head, so I'm just going to give myself the victory there. And, well. uh, Trev, Trev the minus. Not going to give you any points because I'm pretty sure I was still trailing you. Nathan and Trev said Atlanta would be held under 20 points. And Stoner said, no, they're going to score more than 20. I only scored 13, so you guys nailed that one. Whoop, whoop. Nathan and Stoner said Gibson would have 127 plus yards from line of scrimmage or yards from scrimmage. Did not, so Trev won that one. Now, hold on. How much how much did we say? 127 yards from scrimmage. 127. Oh man, we were just two yards off for for Brian Robinson hitting that. He had 125 <laughs> yards from scrimmage with the touchdown. So we were we, we were kind of in that right ballpark where we're yeah. like, yeah, you know, I know there, this is going to be a breakout run game for one of these. I thought it was going to be Gibson. Do you think the rain played a factor in that a little bit? Gibson wasn't being used as much. I mean, he didn't. He really, you know, he only had the nine carries. He I was, was surprised. Targeted, he was targeted and caught three passes. Yeah. I was is, surprised. Is that rain determined? I don't know. I, that that's interesting. I don't know that anybody's asked that. Why Jonathan Williams got three car- was it three carries or two carries? I think he had three, three really good carries, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know why. Why Gibson was on the sideline? This was in the second half. I don't know if anybody's asked that question. Any of the beat reporters have asked that because normally the third running back doesn't get any carries, or at least that's been this year that they haven't. It's just been Gibson and Samuel would usually get those third carry so if i had to take a guess it's Mm -hmm. gonna be it's not actually gonna be rain dependent it's actually you know you're looking at brian robinson you're looking at jonathan williams these are power backs Hmm. and the matchups and what they wanted to do running the ball matched better up against atlanta to have a power back rather than gibson who is is not a scat back but he is more of a he is more of a mobile running back that you like to kind of get out in space so okay uh, doug is saying gibby slipping on the wet field joseph saying we can't trust him which we've we've refuted this stoner right debunked that 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 is totally overblown the guy and a lot of people tried to tell us we were going to jinx him Mm -hmm. uh did not happen stone stoner stoner was going for people's you know heads after the game you know tweeting at people i got tired of it after a while by the way i don't (laughs) want to go after everybody i just got because everybody was getting on us for 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 pushing it out there but it's just the facts 169 touches which included uh kick returns and all that and he hasn't fumbled this year and that was before the game and he didn't have any fumbles in this game either so so 12 more touches no fumbles okay yeah ag is is having a an excellent year he is absolutely. All right. What else? What other game predictions do we make here? Trev said that Washington's defense would have at least two takeaways. They only had the one, right? The interception at the end, mm-hmm. right? No more interceptions or fumbles no, or yep. anything. Yeah, nothing else on that. So Trev, so, Trev lost that one. Yep. Nathan and Stoner won that one. Uh, Nathan said that Washington would have at least four sacks, and they only had one, and only Trev took that one. I did not take that one. I really, I really want to see this this defensive line have a game like the Eagles had against us. I want to see them rack up nine sacks. Yeah. yeah. I want to see them absolutely make a quarterback's life a living heck, and not just because you know that he doesn't that the, the quarterback doesn't have the time to throw, but because the quarterback is on their 
they're hind in. Now, I think every QB, including Mariota, was feeling mm-hmm. or, or feels over, you know, the uh, uh, after playing Washington. Kirk Cousins is still bruised up yeah, after, he is. Uh, after playing uh, Washington from uh, from a few weeks back. But uh, I just want to see it on the scoreboard. I want to see them get that that uh, the flashy stat because right now, if you're looking at uh, the Pro Bowl votes, the team we got Tressway second for punters. Jonathan Allen is eighth for defensive tackles. Deron Payne is ninth for defensive tackles. Uh, Terry McLaurin seventh for wide receivers, and Cam Cheeseman is seventh for long snappers because we vote in long snappers. Uh, JP Finley with the the stats there. That's just that's just abysmal. But I think if we start racking up these big games where mm-hmm. you know not against the Mariotas and stuff like that, but if we rack up these big games, people nationally and fans across the board will start to realize, hey, this defense is a force to be reckoned with. So I want to see some of those. So Joseph's predicting a breakout game against the Giants after the the bye week. Hopefully that would be it. Scotty's saying the same thing. There will be four sacks with the Giants. Doug, we do not count turnover on downs. That, uh, that was one that we specifically called uh, out as uh, making sure that that did not happen. And I'm going to go over to team stats and make sure that that's not even listed there. Turnovers. You definitely yep. had the one. Just, just one turnover. So even in the, yeah. the box score, it's just the one. All right. Nathan and Stoner both said Sly would have it. A 45 or further yard field goal, and he had a 45 yarder. Whoop, whoop. So Nathan and Stoner won that one. Just barely. Um, Stoner said that Atlanta would have at least 136 yards rushing. I got that one because they had 176, I believe. So Nathan and Treb both lost that one. Really surprised that this rush rush defense let up. This is this is rush yeah, defense that had stopped potent run, you know. You know, rushing back, running backs, potent rushing offenses, mm-hmm. and and this one just got away. And I do think Stoner, you're right. This is Mariota being able to stretch it a little bit with his legs. Every time he got out of the pocket, I just kept screaming, "Make him pay for it! Mm. Make him second guess going forward!" All right. And there was that one Defoe slam to the ground, but uh, outside of that, they were just kind of you know not aggressive enough at making sure that he regretted. Yep, he had 49 yards rushing. So that's that's a that's a huge uh, um, input from uh, your quarterback for sure. All right, Nathan and Stoner said Dotson would have at least three targets, which I don't think he had three targets. He maybe had one, just the interception. Did he have any other targets? He just had the one target. Yeah. Uh, no, no catches. Also, surprisingly, missing on the target uh, the counter at as well as Curtis Samuel. The ball's not getting out a lot from, I mean, Taylor Heineke only threw 23 times. A lot of that is both play calling and the rain that was coming down. You're not wanting to toss the ball out there, especially with a person who you know has limitations with his arm. But it's still surprising not to see some of these weapons get the uh, the love that they, uh, they, they, they need. But Terry McLaurin, six targets. So, I mean, he's still being the focal point of the offense as, as long as, as uh, Taylor Heineke's in play. Who, who went up against that one? Um, Trev, just Trev. Nathan and Stoner lost that. Trev won okay. And you said two words what? Taylor Heineke. That's why mm-hmm. the weapons aren't getting uh, the ball more. Um, all right. 
Trev said that at least one underdog would win on Thanksgiving, which none did. They were all the favorites won. Cowboys, Vikings, uh, Bills, all won. So Stoner and Nathan won that one. Stoner said that the Bills would win by double digits. They did not. But only Trev took that one. Nathan abstained. And then while you were at the game, Trev was making some crazy three and out bets, which he likes to do. <laughs> he went 0 for 3. I went 3 and 0. Just wow. So. Just gave you just gave you the victory there, huh? Three free ones right there. Goodness gracious. Because I was like, I'm looking at this going, wow, I did really well for myself yet yeah. again. Uh, I mean, I think I ended up uh, blanking, though. I, I went plus one. You went plus one? Yeah. Uh, Trev, after that horrendous three and out decision, he went three and out on three and outs. Yes, he did. <laughs> so, yeah, he... Uh, he unfortunately, let's say here, uh, minus one, two, three. He had minus three on the day. So if he just kept his <laughs> mouth shut during the game, he would have been, yeah. he would have broken even. And more frustrating for me is uh, is I think that he made it so that way you had plus three on the day. Yes, right. Yeah, right? one, two, three, four. Yeah, you had plus three on the day. Thanks to him going on three and outs. Trev, you and me got to have some words, sir. We got we to calm down with those three and outs that you like putting out there. Whatever. It's fine. We'll keep track and we'll have some, uh, some more game predictions coming out on Wednesday. That's where we're going to be breaking down the Washington going up against the New York football giants. This is an away game, so it means I will be on the stream as well. Uh, come Sunday, because we'll be giving you lots of play-by-play -play and some commentary. Now, I might be a little late, but that's going to be something I'll talk behind the scenes with Stoner. But we will be here, and we're going to have a good time. Of course, we'll have a good time on Wednesday, where we will be streaming live at 7.30 on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Make sure you join us, because we want to hear from you. How are How is Washington going to beat the Giants? What's going to be the difference maker for that? How are they going to go? Four wins in a row. When's the last time this team has won four in a row? Last year, I think. I think they won four. Yeah, in a row they last did, year, they did have four. They did have four <laughs> in a row last year. You're right, man. That's yeah. the second time I did that. I did that uh, last week. Where it's like, when does the last time they won by uh, double digits? And it was like the Philly game. Yeah, the week last week, right here. Yeah, right. Yeah, that that happens. That happens. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think they did win four in a row last year. Uh, I could yeah. be wrong. I think I'm pretty sure they last were. year was the year before where they had they went on the four win four win win streak. But I believe Taylor Heineke had four wins in a row last week because it was or we had four wins and then he got sick and then we ended up tailing in. Uh, Commander Lauren, we are not going to do a live stream from the Giants. That's going to be the one game we take off. Uh, but we yep. will have some fun things going on that day as well. Uh, so it'll be some good stuff happening there. Stoner, you got anything left? Final final push for the Fisher House uh, drawing is Wednesday on our live show. So if you want to donate for a chance to win uh, any of those, if you want to donate just to donate, uh, there's the uh, there's a pl place you can do it. You can win that D Hall jersey. He has right there in his hands. It is signed. It is a Redskins jersey. It's not a, uh, a Commanders jersey. It is a Redskins jersey. So I you have a chance. Do not know how to. Yeah, <laughs> no, the other way, but it is signed. Uh, and all those other uh, opportunities to win, uh, get your donation in before 
Tuesday night. And then we will be drawing live on our show starting at 7.30 on Wednesday. So don't forget that. And uh, just a little tease for Wednesday. Um, I forgot what my tease was already. Daggummit. Maybe you can say something and it'll come back to me. Well, like he's trying to tell you, is we will be streaming live on Facebook here, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. That's where the drawing's going to happen, and the drawing will happen a little bit later in the show. So you're going to hear us talk about how Washington's going to beat those Giants. Got another W wearing the onesie. Hope to keep wearing that all the way through the bye week. Stoner, did you remember what you were going to tease? It is not a must-win game. Just let me let me give it to you that way. It is not a must win. You want to win, obviously. I'm saying if they lose, it's not over. No, nope. it is a game I think they should win. But again, all that's going to be for when we talk on Wednesday. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nathan. That's the Stoner. We're Ref the District. And until next time. Yes, sir. Be a fan. Yeah. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.